Well, welcome to Dear Hartwell. We're so excited for you to be here with us this evening and morning or whatever time you're listening. We're just so excited that you decided to join join in and listen to us. This is Emily here and Andrea is with me too as well. Tiffany had to step out tonight. She was um, having worship practice and so um, she's ministering this evening. So we're just excited to be here together and we have some extra special guests. Ange, how are you feeling tonight? I'm good. I'm tired. I have Malachi on my lap who has not napped all day. So it's been a great day. So you <laughs> might hear him saying hello. Um, but speaking of which, go back and listen to our last episode. We talk about updates in our lives. It's a really full episode um, for the first episode of the year. So go back and give it a listen. I know you haven't heard from us in a little while, but You'll understand why if you listen to our other podcasts. So go back and listen to episode one if you haven't already. But thanks for tuning in today. We're so happy to have some special guests with us. It's crazy. We're already in season two and just thinking about season one where we talked a lot about our journey as missionary kids in India. Um, and that conversation will continue on. So if you're yearning for some more information, um, more content on India, just you wait, it's still coming. So, but tonight we have some awesome guests called Sisters Who Stand, and there's three sisters from the same family who want to live a life focused on loving and glorifying the God who saved us and want to encourage other women to do the same by walking with them through this life's journey. And the three sisters are Carrie, Megan, and Catherine, but we have Carrie and Megan here. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to let you guys do maybe a little bit of an introduction of yourselves. Tell us a little bit about who you are, maybe a few key things that you're looking forward to in 2023, maybe personally or ministry wise. Um, but uh, maybe Carrie, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm I'm the oldest and um, you might have a hard time differentiating between our voices because we sound a whole lot alike. It's <laughs> like me and Tiffany. <laughs> So um, I'm the oldest and I I got married 25 years ago and moved away from my home two hours away. Uh, but I would say that us three sisters are very close sisters. Um, so Megan and Catherine live in the same area, but I'm two hours away. Uh, but we've all had different life journeys. Um, and so I have three kids. I homeschool them. Um, I have a senior in high school. So next year will be a brand new season of life with one less wow. uh, child. So that's kind of scary. Uh, and so I've just, my whole, I've worked from home for education business before, but um, homeschooling has been my major thing. Um, I stayed home with my kids and I've always been involved in ministry at our church, um, just volunteer ministry. And so these last two years have opened up a new season of ministry uh, for me personally with Sisters Who Stand. And I'll talk about how I got started later, but um, that's kind of my journey so far. So I um, live in the Raleigh area and I've been married for 21 years almost. And I have three boys and uh, it's hard to believe next year I'll have one in high school, one in middle school and one in elementary school all at the same time. Um, they're all two year school years apart. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of weird smells that come from my house, um, and a lot of sports that comes from my house. 
Um, and that's just how we are. Um, so my kids go to a private Christian school um, and I am a, a school administrator there. So that's what I do during the day. Um, part of our school though is a hybrid model. So um, they are on campus two or three days a week, depending on their age. And then two days they're home with me and I school them from home. So it's kind of the best, the best of both worlds and something that we have really enjoyed as a family. So um, I have for years, for decades actually, been involved with my um, local church. And we have, my husband and I have attended um, two churches together over the course of, well, he was a missionary kid himself. And when he moved back to America, um, his father became the pastor of the church that I was attending. And that's where we met in the youth group. And um, we have been um, active members of our church for a long time. Um, just recently, we have moved to a new church, and this has been a new season for us because we have never, um, you know, it sounds weird that we're in our mid-40s and we've never, you know, sought out a new church on our own, but we've always been plugged into this very tight-knit church-knit family up until this point. So this has been a new experience for us um, as we've been trying to trying different churches and finding what's the best fit for our family and then trying to get plugged in and it's, it's a whole new world. So, um, we, that's what we've been up to. And, um, I'll talk more about my part of sisters who stand in a little bit. So is it true, Megan, that you were in my mom's wedding? Was I Carrie? I think I, I was, I think you were, because I remember my mom always saying Megan Breadbender was in my wedding. And I'm like, Really? Wow. What a small world. Okay. So Megan was in my mom's wedding as a flower girl. Yes, I think I was. Because they attended the same church as my grandparents. Right. Because it was our grandpa that got you and your mom and dad together. Yes. That's true. Yes. Yes. Wow. Small world. It all comes back around. Yes. (laughs) That's crazy. Small world. Wow. So how... That was what I was going to say is that the connection we have with sisters Suzanne and are maybe wondering why we um, connected with the ministry in the first place is because we're also related to Carrie uh, by marriage. So second cousins, uh, yes, second cousins, our parents would be first cousins to her husband, Michael. So there's a lot of connections in different ways (laughs) between us all. Yeah. Your side of the family is very close, although they're all scattered throughout the U.S. And so we have been adopted in in <laughs> intermediate family. So we get to go on the Stewart family vacation each year. Yes. Consider a high privilege. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute, Carrie. We love to have you because you keep us organized and you bring the fun in the games. I love it. We just played the chair game the other day. And I was like, thank you, Carrie, for the share game. <laughs> I think so, I fought for that game, actually. Okay, so thank you, Megan, for the game as well. <laughs> it's so much fun. Are so, you guys competitive as sisters? Uh, yes. <laughs> so we hadn't played Catan in a long time. We call it Catan, not Catan. We can't but, Catan. Um, at Christmas <laughs> this past December, we just hadn't played it in so long. We decided, all right we are making it a priority to play it. And <laughs> actually we were so, I felt like we were so rude because we were having, we were having my dad's family over um, on Christmas Eve and we had already started a game and we were in fierce competition. It was right down to the wire. <laughs> and they start coming in and we're like, we're 
this game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's amazing. Oh, Carrie's just a, a little, little more competitive than I am, to be honest. <laughs> yes, she's, she's very competitive, which fits into our family very well. That's amazing. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Catherine, or are you going to share a little bit more a little bit later on? Or? Uh, well, Catherine is the uh, baby of the family, and she has the most kids, so um, and the youngest kids. So um, she is pregnant again with a boy. Wow. Yes, which will make her fifth child. Um, and so she's got right now four little girls and they're all little and they all need, they all need mom at this point. So uh, she is helping us with the social media, just getting the word out about um, our ministry. And, and so in her season in life, that's what she can handle right now. So what made you guys start? Um, sisters who stand open the doors open the doors and that was right at the time of COVID and so we were only having church online you know um, or in the parking lot no, nothing else so I was actually searching for a bible study and I found out about d group um, through uh, the bible recap which is a plan of reading the bible through a year and so it's a weekly two-hour uh discipleship group they meet throughout the year and um although I didn't have any in my area there there's lots of online ones so I said okay I'll join that I'll see what it's like as soon as I joined it I knew it was like God was just swinging wide that door and was mm. like Gary you're gonna lead a group so I I had that first session there are six week sessions and then I branched out I multiplied out and I started my own group and um so uh, that started, and, and since I, I've been doing that since then, but several of the members of, of those D groups have wanted more. They've, they've wanted to do more. And especially like I had a, a handful that were in other countries and they joined mine met on Sunday afternoon from four to six, but they would join, even though it went up until midnight where they lived. Wow. You were wanting more. And so I thought, well, why don't we get together on a Saturday morning? That would be a good time for them. And we can have Bible studies, just my own thing. Right. And we started that and that worked well with them. And that just started becoming another group. And um, then last year, one of my D group members was like, hey, I saw that D group officially teaches Christian beliefs, like the top 20 Christian beliefs. That's a book by Wayne Grudem. Have you ever thought of doing that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> that. and so I was like, okay, I'm not really, there wasn't any opportunity for me to do any kind of ministry in my own church. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And so we, we went through that whole book last year. And then again, this year, we're continuing on with uh, Christian Ethics by Wayne Grudem. Uh, it's an intense study on, you know, God's will and wow. great, but it's all happened because God opened the door for D group and then just really worked on my heart in showing that this is discipleship, walking along with other women, being united studying his word together and so 
that's ha- that's what's brought me um, to this point. And, you know, I don't know how long this will last, but I know without a doubt that in this season of my life, this is God's will for me to, um, to be doing these classes. Wow. So how did Megan get pulled in- involved? What was ironic about this whole thing is that Carrie and I both kind of started down this this path or journey, if you will, at the same time, but we didn't know that we were both going through that. And it started around the COVID time. So for me, what happened was, well, let me back up and just, I am a teacher by trade. um, And um, I also really feel like that's what the Lord has me do as well. That's the Mm -hmm. gift that he has given me. And throughout the years I've done I've been a precepts Bible teacher for um, quite a a little while. I've taught Sunday school. So I've done a lot of things. Um, But what happened to me specifically in when COVID started was I had no church to go to. And I was desperately, I mean, I would just, you know, if you think about it back in March of 22, we all thought the world was going to end. You know, we thought (laughs) the end was happening. Yeah. Yeah. So like between that and feeling very isolated, I really just started to seek the Lord. Like, what am I going to do? I need some Christian fellowship. Mm -hmm. And so unbeknownst to me, Carrie was going through the same thing. I also ended up finding a D group. Um, and I just randomly found a random one. I think the leader was in New York because I did it online. Um, and I did D group. I think I did it for a whole year. Um, and during that time I just grew tremendously, um, tremendously in my own faith. And I really started to look at what it is I believe and can I share what it is I believe. And so I started to get really interested in apologetics and, um, because I'm, I'm a teacher, like I love to study. I'm the dork who reads all the books and <laughs> takes all the classes. And so I just started doing that and I read a lot and I started just sort of almost educating myself a little on those things. Um, I listened to a lot of podcasts from a lot of reputable apologists. Um, at one point, Carrie and I even went to an apologetics uh, retreat together. Um, but that interest led me to then want to start teaching these things. And so I really felt like at the time at my school where I work, um, I have the opportunity to bring some of the families together. And so I launched a group centered around the Mama Bear uh, Apologetics book. And I invited all of the families from our school and we formed a little group of moms. And for a whole year, um, I taught, it was somewhat of a book club format, but I taught um, and we would discuss each week somewhere in the middle of that. I'm not even sure when that happened. I, I got the idea that the church that I was going to at the time, we were going to host one there. So we ended up teaching a live class there as well in the evenings. And that one was really big because we, um, we invited people from all over churches there. And, uh, since that has ended, I've been looking for, you know, what, it, what would the Lord have me do next? And, um, so my job be, by default, uh, cause I do work outside the home. It, I do a lot with my job. So I can't do as many things as I want to. I'm constantly mm-hmm. telling Carrie, I need to quit my job so I can do more ministry. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that has led me to this year for the first time, I am leading a, um, a live study once a week. So we meet on Wednesday nights and we're reading through the word together. And it's just other women who are just interested in some accountability, 
right? Because there's accountability when you're, you're in the group. Plus I tell them all the time, you're going to get more out of it if you have somebody to discuss it with and you can hear the things that other people have learned too. And that can really open your eyes to new things that the Lord might be doing. And so that's sort of the intent. So I advertise far and wide for that. And I have a little, um, a, a small group of ladies that I have so enjoyed meeting with so far. Um, and that's a big step for me because sometimes we meet in my home and I am not the hostess. And so that's a big step for me, but, um, <laughs> anyways, I'm really enjoying that. And so I'm not really sure what will happen after that, but I love to, I love to teach and I love to discuss. And so this kind of thing is right up my alley. Plus, as always, I learn just as much as everyone else does. And so it's just a real pleasure to be able to, to do that. I wanted to piggyback on one thing she said, because I didn't mention the apologetic um, thing, but I started a deep dive into apologetics because I had some like baby Christians in my D group that started to ask me questions. I had no idea how to answer. Although I've been a Christian most of my entire life, I had no answer. And I started, I had to start educating myself on how to give a response for what I believe in. Right. Mm -hmm. it led me down this apologetic journey. And I went so far as I, I even got my uh, certificate from Biola University in apologetics, just because I knew as a teacher, I had to be prepared to be able to help to, to answer these women, but also to well, me and Megan are teachers. We're born teachers and we want to be able to try to help the women explain it in their own words to their families, to their children, to their coworkers, things like that. So, uh, but, I, I, but I wanted to bring up one thing. So I was, you know, the famous verse in uh, Matthew 28, the great commission, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. We've heard that a million, jillion times, but I'm a, I'm a geek. So I like to look some words up in Greek. And this one really got me because the, the word disciple go and make disciples. It says it, the meaning in Greek is the action of the verb describes much more than the mere academic impartation of information. One is doing more than simply instructing a pupil in a particular field of study or aiding a student in developing a certain skill. Rather, the word suggests the deep shaping of character and the cultivation of a worldview through a close personal relationship. Wow. Love and that. So God's, God's not just saying simply go share the gospel. Mm -hmm. He's saying, look, walk alongside of my people and work together. And you see it in all the letters that Paul writes, how affectionate and like he poured his life into the people of those churches. And that was what God had called him to. He was truly making disciples because he was walking alongside them, pouring his life, showing an example before them, right? And so that's what I find in doing these, that I am going and making disciples just by one session at a time. And not that I'm an expert on any of this, right? But walking alongside of the women supporting them in prayer, just keep encouraging them as they're walking through hard times. And according to the Bible, that's what discipleship is. Well, and I just wonder too, when talking about forming a group or walking alongside of people, you know, I've heard a lot and 
maybe even have experienced in my own life, some fear in that and like not having the right answers and not knowing the information. And then just that fear stopping you from pursuing that ministry that God's called you to. So what, what would you say to people that are afraid or are feeling those, like, you know, I'm just not adequate enough to meet those people's needs. Ask like, what, what are you wondering about? What do you see confusing in the word? I probably am not going to have an answer right away to it, but I can dig into some resources, but it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to wonder about things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, God can, you know, hold his own. Right. So, um, so having that atmosphere of, you know, I don't really know about this. This thing's confusing, I think has made them see that, well, Carrie's comfortable doing that. And she admits that she doesn't know everything. So I think that maybe makes them feel a little bit better because we all have questions about the Bible and things we don't understand about God. We don't necessarily want to admit it. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When do you think it's a point for someone if they do have a group going on to kind of start, how would they start encouraging their members to start branching off? I, you know, I found that in my own life, we kind of get to where you're at 20 people like, okay, we need to start making some smaller groups and branching out, but everyone's just so comfortable in the one group. So how, how do you guys suggest doing that is encouraging other members to kind of branch out? I think one really, um, just a and this would be not even just in the Bible study format, but just in general, uh, uh, a, a good attribute of leadership is that when you see that there are some natural leaders in your group, start trying to give them some responsibilities, small scale responsibilities when you're there to kind of help guide them through it so they can practice that ownership and start getting comfortable with being the lead. So if, for example, in a small group study, if you can task one of your, you know, prospective leaders with the opening and closing prayer, or one of them can be the follow-up, you know, during the week with, you know, the people Mm -hmm. who needed some extra prayer or things like that. So find little responsibilities that you can start farming out to get them comfortable in that role so that when they take on the big responsibility there, there's a few things they already know that they can do well. Wow. That's really good. We didn't talk about this, but I I wanted to just call this out that we are, and we never want to be a replacement for the local church. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm ministering, like, actually, I don't advertise to women in my own church because I'm not trying to steal anyone from any kind of studies like that, but I've polled the women that are in a lot of the women that are in my group and their church doesn't offer any kind of Bible study. So there's a lack of, of opportunity for these women. And so rather than moving churches to try to find that, that's what makes it so nice to have it online. Um, because I've got women from all over the world in my groups. Um, and some in, um, like, uh, uh, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, um, that they, they don't even have good, very many choices of local churches to attend. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're almost totally on their own. And so to be able to connect um, mm-hmm. with other believers is really good. But we we never want to try to take the place of the local church. And I encourage them, you know, if you do have Bible studies, you want to go and you want to be a part of that. We're not We're not trying to steal anybody from that at all. Um, but I have 
um, there's two of my D group members have been with me for like a year, two years. And I've already said they actually live close to each other. You two, I'm putting this in your mind. You two need to start your own group, in-person group, because you're close enough to do that. And y'all can support each other by being leaders, but you are getting a whole lot of good education here. And you're going to need to start doing that probably. Just be praying about that. I feel like you get to a place where you've um, been poured in so much and you're getting so full. You have so much to share that you want to have a place to share what God is doing in your heart. And so I think that's really cool that you're encouraging other people to do that too. So I know you guys said you have busy lives. and How do you balance life? <laughs> well, I don't know that I have a good balance, but I will tell you, um, I will People ask me that all the time. Somebody told me yesterday, how come you have 36 hours in every day? <laughs> um, people ask me that all the time. And I, one thing I can say, and I don't have the corner on the market on this, but I do get up extremely early because I need time to focus on the Lord. And honestly, once my day gets going and the kids are doing all the things, you know, um, it's difficult for me. So I force myself to get up, um, I, I used to get up and work out and then I would have my Bible study. I found that what was happening though, was that if my workout ran long, then the Bible study would get squeezed out. And so I think probably like two years ago, I reversed it and I always do spend time with the Lord first. Mm. Uh, and then I get to work out when I still have extra time. Um, so that's one of the main things for me. But one other thing that I'll just say is, Carrie and I do not watch TV. You look at the national average, I'm sure, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's several hours. Um, and that means those are hours we get back. And it's not, it's not like one day I just woke up and said, oh, this is straight from the devil. I'm not watching this box anymore. <laughs> it was more like there were so many other things that I wanted to do during the day that it just started replacing that. And over time, mm -hmm. like, that's just, you know, what would I do now? Mm -hmm. And that has always been a way for me to redeem my time. Yeah. I had somebody uh, recently asked me the same question and I'm like, I don't do everything. Okay. You see the things that I do, I, but I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies and I, I don't fix elaborate meals. Me neither. I don't <laughs> spend time on social media posting all the cutesy crafts that I did with my kids because I don't do them and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, there's a trade-off. I've just traded certain things so that I have more time for these things that I feel like I want to have a priority in my life. So. And it's not like there's anything wrong with people who do cook wonderful meals. Oh, no. um, it's just, that is not also not my spiritual gift, but I got to tell you, if you ever get invited to my house for dinner and my husband cooks for you, then you will be a lucky lady because my husband is a divine, divine mm. cook. <laughs> well, and I do think that um, for women listening and who have partners, is it, do they give you the opportunity then to have that time that you can do those things for yourself for, for your ministry? Or what does that look like as a partnership for you? Like on Wednesday nights, I do one. And so, um, it's right at bedtime. And so he just takes control and he makes sure the kids are in, I mean, the one kid is in <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he's, he's always been supportive and he's, 
he'll ask me, how did it go? Things like that. So I know he's being supportive of it. So, And I would say something very similar for mine because my husband is more of a behind the scenes kind of person. So like what he does to serve, most people will never know that he does that. Um, and I've been always the one like the face. Right. And so, um, he does the same thing. Now mine still sometimes need encouragement to go to bed. So he does that for me on Wednesdays. Um, so, so my Wednesday night thing is timed with, um, youth group at church. Mm -hmm. So like just last week, he picked them all up from youth group because I was here with the ladies at my house. And so he does things like that. And actually I was just thinking, so every year I work at a um, camp over the summer for foster care. And it's a major time commitment because it's an entire week um, that I'm away. And the, the last couple of years, my husband has used that time because somebody has to be with our kids. Um, and he takes the boys on like a, a big fishing trip. So they get to do something. So basically it sounds pretty terrible, but he's on, <laughs> he's on kid duty. Um, but that ha that's huge because somebody has to, to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so that's, that's probably one of the biggest ways. No, that's awesome. I don't think it sounds terrible at all. Um, <laughs> he's part of it too. So, <laughs> um, I was wondering, you know, what are some factors that people should consider when they're looking at doing a group study? Um, I have that question. Then also does sisters who stand focus solely on women or do you also have studies for men? I guess that's a two-part question, but I'll ask them both. Yeah. <laughs> That's a sticky one because when we first started, it was our intention, you know, to work with women. It always has been our intention, but there have been some, there has been here and there pockets of interest from men. And it's, it's not something we've really wanted to advertise yet um, or, or really go down since we're still trying to find, you know, our footing. So what we like to say is we, the three of us girls, we literally are sisters and we are standing for Christ, but we'd like to invite all of you out there to also become our sister in the Lord and stand with us. And so when we say it like that, it almost establishes the fact that we're, our audience is mainly women. Mm -hmm. um, I did have some men in my mama bear apologetics class that I taught last and they were in there the whole time and they were very active. Um, and so that was a little unique of an experience for me. So moving forward, we, we, we are just sort of our target audience right now is uh, our women. Okay. Yeah. And I did um, as a result of a couple of, of two women um, that they weren't quite sure about, you know, where their husbands stood in the faith, but they were really interested. Why do I believe in God kind of things um, for these two couples and so um it, it was just a couple of weeks long and I don't know the whole outcome of it but I know that seeds were planted and I know they felt comfortable being able to ask questions and express their doubts and things and so um that was you know to the women and to their husbands but Michael joined with me and we team taught that when people are looking for um, studies or group studies, what are some things that they should look for in a study? Well, um, we like to focus just on the word. Okay. And so actually in D group, D group chooses the curriculum. Okay. And so right now we're studying, um, the apostles creed by this, like it's a study guide. Um, but in it, when we're going over it and we're discussing it, I'm always like, the most important thing is to search the scriptures and talk about what we're finding from the scriptures. 
And in the past, we have done other like book studies, but art, but my focus has been on the scripture. There are some great books out there. We remain firm on our belief in the unchanging word of God. And that is what changes our lives. And that is what directs us. So no matter what we're doing, um, we focus on the word as the top thing. And so as you're looking in a study and, and Megan has been part of some Bible studies in the past that it was more like a book study, which mm-hmm. nothing maybe was wrong with the book, but it was someone else's interpretation and kind of like their ideas of how life should work using maybe some scripture throwing in here and there. And we wouldn't consider that a Bible study. Uh, when we say Bible study, we mean that this is the main, you know, this is the main, the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the meat, right? Yeah, that's the meat. And so when other women that are looking for um, a, a, a way to be discipled, they need to look and, and see what the focus is. Is it the focus on, you know, hearing a you know, a great woman, maybe a great woman of God express her opinion and motivate you and help you stay positive and things like that. That might be fine and dandy, but that won't last. But his word will. Mm -hmm. And his word changes us. Yep. I think why sometimes people might gravitate towards what we would call book studies as opposed to staying true to the word is because, you know, the word of God is difficult to understand sometimes. And particularly if you don't have a relationship with the Lord or some background knowledge, it's even harder to read. Um, And so I think by default, sometimes people need others to interpret the word for them. And that's why they gravitate towards those um, book studies. So part of what I feel like then is to help grow biblical literacy. So teach my fellow, the fellow women that I work with or that I'm leading, like, how do you read this? Mm-hmm. Is this a descriptive paragraph in the Bible or is this a prescriptive paragraph? Who wrote this? What was the author's intent? I mean, getting giving them the skills to then continue their study of the word will then make them hunger and thirst for more of the word and they won't need someone else to interpret it for them. And so I do feel like biblical literacy is a part in that. It's another thing that I, um, I focus on with school. Um, and trying to instill in our students at our Christian school as well. How do you encourage someone who is struggling then with personal relation, personal time um, in the word, and then also, you know, feeling like they want to be part of a group or, or they've been part of a group and maybe that's replacing their personal study time. I mean, are there thoughts that you guys have on, you know, can a group, um, can that Bible study time replace your personal study do you have to do personal study? I mean, I know there's no tried or true answers, but kind of what your thoughts are. So last week in my group, we had a discussion about establishing good habits for dedicating. I think there was a, some of the ladies were concerned that if they didn't do it at a certain time of the day, you know, cause I think everybody has probably heard at some point, start your day with the Lord. And so they were thinking, well, if it doesn't happen in the morning, is that bad? Um, and so we just talked about how to make it um, realistic And so, especially for people who were starting out, it's probably not a good idea to say, okay, I am going to focus an hour a day and I'm going to fast a day a week. I mean, those are not like, you can't just jump into that. You know, that's not very realistic. So getting them to focus on some realistic small chunks 
that may build to an hour a day, but you know what? Maybe you just start with 10 minutes. And if you're, be if you're better reading at night, read at night. Or if you're better in the morning, read in the morning. Um, but small bite-sized chunks to help them build up their Bible reading stamina, if you will. Um, same thing, spending time in prayer, small amounts and grow your prayer time over, over time. And what I have seen in my own life is the more I do it, the more I want to do it. And by default, the more time I'm spending on it. And so I feel like if, if people are faithful in the small, it'll naturally grow into something larger. And I feel also like, um, us setting a good example before them. I know, um, as part of the Christian ethics, um, I, I go through the book and I read his book, but he also has, um, recorded sessions that are in podcast form of him teaching the sessions and I listen to those too so I can get all the learning and then figure out how to best present it to the ladies in an interactive engaging way I have been struck I, now I've never met Wayne Grudem okay but I have been so impressed and challenged with how much he knows the word of God and just hearing that example to me has created more of a, I want to get to that point that someone could ask me a question and I know the answer right from the word right away. I don't have to look it up. I know it because I have immersed myself in the word so much. And so that happens step by step, day by day. I mean, Wayne Grudem is old, older now, okay? He's had a lifetime of studying the word. And so we're on this path. So day by day, study by study, you know, we're adding to our pool of knowledge. But one thing I say all the time is we don't want knowledge just to puff us up and to feel like, oh, we know a lot about God and the word. No, we want it to drive us to fall in love with him even more and say even stronger faithful to him that's the end result that we're looking for um so step by step little by little you're just adding to your pool of knowledge about god wow i love that thank you so much for sharing um both those tips and we're kind of wrapping up the conversation which is that it's flown by um, but one of my last questions for both of you would be, what are some hopes that you have for sisters who stand as you're looking um, into 2023? Well, I have a whole lot of other ideas of things that I'd like to do, but it's just, I'm kind of starting out slow. I say slow. I, we're offering three classes. Slow as in Carrie's terms of slow. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I, uh, have wanted to do a memorization club me and Megan are big memorizers and I've seen um I've seen that there's some other women out there that like to memorize the word and um so thinking about maybe that in the future also I've thought of um in my circles of other women that are involved in apologetics um and even I've had some people join my d group that were actually pastor's wives and they wanted a group where they could basically be anonymous because they needed to be fed um, because they're always feeding others. Mm -hmm. So I've, I felt like there's a big need out there for women that already are 
heavily involved in ministry to get together, to share things that God is doing in their ministry and to be prayer warriors together. So it, an intimate group where they can feel safe and they can share and they can be prayed over. Um, so that's another thing that I'd eventually like to add if you know God permits time. Uh, but those are, two, and also we've wanted to do kind of like, like, like one-off sessions, just like one night, just an hour on different hot topics. We did a, a little bit of that last year. Um, like we talked about progressive Christianity, CRT, um, and a few other things. Um, but I'd like to do short summary sessions on things um, like, you know, how do you um, talk to a Muslim? What happens or how can you have a conversation when, uh, with a Mormon? Or what should a Christian response be to homosexuality? So these are hot topics that I think um, women would like. There's a whole lot of resources out there that they have to really dig through. We like to simplify it and pass it on to them so that they can ask questions, but also it be in a really simple format so that they can absorb it and, and hopefully it could be useful in their life. So those are some things that we're thinking about, um, but we just got to find the right timing. Well, truthfully, Carrie would do it all tomorrow if she could. <laughs> I'm the one who's always like, Carrie, you got to slow down a minute. But she is right. So that the classes we taught over the summer on those social issues, those were pretty popular. I would say some of the more popular ones that we did over the summer. Um, so it might be that that gets expanded at some point. Personally, I want to start a podcast, but Carrie's the one telling me I got to slow down on that one. Um, and I've also, I was planning to do it this year, but this is proving to not work with my schedule at the moment, but I also want to start an actual book club. So, um, where we're just reading like, um, what would you call the kind of things that I'm talking about, Carrie? Like apologetic books? Yeah, they're like apologetics. Some of them, some of them are just good reads, um, but they're on topics basically like how can you apply your Christianity to these topics? Mm -hmm. Like what does your faith tell you about these topics? And I mean, they're not Bible studies, right? But it's just a discussion group. Yeah, yeah. Um, very much like a true book club surrounded around these books for people that love to read. So I would love to do that. Um, it's probably not going to happen in 2023. But come back in 2024 and it'll be amazing. <laughs> Where can people find you? Well, they can find us by going to sisterswhostand.org. Um, and that's how they can sign up for any of our classes. Our classes go throughout the year. There's no cost. We never charge anything. Um, and, you know, you can join as much or as little as you want. Um, we understand everybody has different seasons in life. Um, you can look at at us on Instagram, which we don't manage at all. Catherine does. Our Facebook. Um, I've never seen our Instagram page. <laughs> I don't think I have Instagram. Look, I have to tell you something funny about that. So this was, I think, last week or something. Um, Catherine said, I've done some kind of question in Instagram. You need to go and answer the question or the poll or whatever. And so I'm like, Ugh. I had taken it off my phone, but I got it back on my phone. I go and, and, and do it. And then I also did it on Facebook and I'm like, Catherine, it's not spelled right. Or it doesn't look right on Facebook. And she's like, Carrie, you have had this for this long. And this is the first time that you have visited your 
Sisters Who Stand Facebook page are just now noticing this. That's why we have you, Catherine. Uh, <laughs> and that's she why. also told me I had to respond to the same poll in the story or whatever. Only I didn't check my phone until like six hours later. I'm trying to find it. I don't even know what that is. And I text her. I'm like, hey, I don't know what a story is because I can't find the question. I'm supposed to be <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, it disappeared a long time ago. Thanks. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> so that is why we have the younger millennial sister over the social media. Yes, because y'all don't have time for that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, well, Carrie, do you have a scripture that you'd like to share with us? Yes, uh, this is the um, the verse that's kind of been the theme of uh, the Christian ethics group that meets on Wednesday night. Um, it's in Colossians 1, 10. It's Paul talking. Um, he says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so that's what we, I mean, that's what we're aiming to do here. You know, we want to walk alongside of other women who want to walk on this path with us. Okay. We're no experts. We're just walking together figuring out how to fully please him, how to bear fruit and increase in our knowledge of him. Well, thank you, Carrie and Megan for joining us and encouraging us as we are walking along our own journey with Christ. And I just thank you guys so much for being here with us. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And to all of our listeners, we're just so excited um, to continue to encourage you. We encourage you to go check out sisters who stand and look them up on their Instagram. Thankfully, Catherine is mention us that. and you'll get a discount. I'm just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's free. We have a promo code, discount code. No, <laughs> discount for free. Um, <laughs> no, go check out Sisters Who Stand, and we just are so excited to continue on our Dear Heartwell journey, and um, look forward to um, talking to you guys again soon. Um, Ange, and then hopefully Tiff will be joining us again. So as always, don't forget to wave at the gate. Bye now.